So, John. Yeah, Robert. What's the big indicator for you that Christmas is imminent? When the decorations come out. Decorations come out. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, for, for me, it's the first snow of the year. And actually, we're recording on this on the day that the first snow of our season this this year. Yeah, this year. Came. First so snowfall. It, so it seems only fitting that we shift from a uh, Beyond Saturday Morning episode and talk about the Christmas specials that were uh, that aired for many years. Yeah, which I always loved. Yes. The Christmas always, specials. Yeah, yeah, it's like it gets you in the mood for Christmas. And for sure. It's something I always look forward to as a kid. And that, that, that feeling kind of... Yeah, when, on today. when you were a kid, they were, you know, you had to catch it on TV or you mm. were screwed. You know, there was no streaming it somewhere. You know, it was on on Tuesday night at seven. And if you weren't there, you missed it. Yeah, you know, well, and even if you now as an adult, you see an ad that don't miss annual screening of a Charlie Brown Christmas on yeah. CBS. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I got to get in. I on may that. not watch it, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you, you just get that, like, that yeah. instinctive excitement that comes right. with it. So, uh, yeah. So, Talking about uh, these specials, I think today we're going to discuss Frosty the Snowman, which you and I just watched together. We did. Yeah, it was fun. And so we kind of go back and get like our knee-jerk reactions and kind of share that now. Right, so. fresh in our brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little more fun this way, too, when we're not watching a whole series. We just had that 20-minute yeah. thing to watch, and now we're in. <laughs> yeah, Rankin and Bass Productions put out Frosty the Snowman, and actually this followed 1964, Rankin and Bass had a hit on their hands with their stop motion uh, special. Uh, Ru- uh, I'm stumbling tonight. Mm-hmm. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, which was based on that novelty song from from earlier, it was a surprise hit, and they decided, well, we should do more of these. Yeah. So in 1967, they they created the Cricket and the Hearth, and then 1968, the Mouse and the Mayflower. Neither of them really made much of an impact. Yeah, kind forgettable. Of I don't even really remember those two. I question whether I even saw them. Yeah, and they, knowing some of the quality on those, it probably weren't that great. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in 1969, they would find another secular Christmas song, like a novelty song that they would pull from. In this case, they go to the Steve Nelson and Walter E. Rollins 1950 novelty song that Jimmy Durante made famous with its debut and go with Frosty the Snowman. As with Rudolph, they yeah. they wanted to create an origin story for this character that you know basically existed in a two and a half minute song. Sure. And they also wanted this one to look like a Christmas card. So they abandoned their stop motion animation and just went traditional cell animation and that also freed up some time for them to do a, a stop motion special at the same time of The Little Drummer Boy, which also debuted in 1969. Not nearly as popular. No, and that's one I never liked as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> You'd see that one come on. That was always a disappointment. You'd see like the special, like the CBS special, and then The Little Drummer Boy. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not as entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it just, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. But Frosty the Snowman was actually entertaining and was one that you look forward to. Yeah, and popular. Frosty Snowman debuted on Sunday, December 7th, 1969, and it would prove to be the follow-up hit that they were looking for. So much so that suddenly more of these specials would then quickly follow. You have Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Sure. And The Year Without a Santa Claus. It, you know, everybody, these yeah. ones that have become traditional. And The Year Out Without Santa Claus, was that the one with Snow Miser and Mr. Freeze? A heat Miser and Snow heat Miser. Heat Miser, yes. Yeah. That one kind of freaked me out yeah. when I was a kid. It was kind of scary. 
It was, but it was such an original story. I mean, talk about memorable characters. Right. Everybody remembers those two. Well, they I didn't get remember. the name right, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you remember the character. I remember the character for and, sure. I could draw a picture of them right now. You may not remember the story itself that they were in, but you definitely remember those characters. Yeah. And they existed nowhere else. Right. So. Yeah, it was cool. And I want to go back to, you know, this... You mentioned this cartoon is based on the song, mm-hmm. which growing up, I had it the other way mm-hmm. i had it oh this is the song from that cartoon oh, yeah sure but just like you mentioned rudolph it's the same thing the song is what inspired the animation or the or the cartoon right which is kind of cool i yeah. mean when you think about it it's like wow normally you hear songs now oh that's the theme song to whatever that's a song from scooby-doo mm-hmm. but this is the cartoon from that song so it, it kind of flips that around yeah and the fact that they actually had to like, create a, an origin for this wildly yeah, popular yeah, song. These, these characters that yeah. exist it's pretty impressive in what they they were able to come up with yeah here's a two and a half minute song make a 20 minute story out of this <laughs> song you know that had to be hard yeah. So, yeah, they, they would actually stick around with a couple of Rankin and Bass sequels to Frosty the Snowman. They would do another animated special in 1976 called Frosty's Winter Wonderland. In that one, they introduced the character Crystal, who provided a wife for Frosty. And Jack Frost was the antagonist in that one. Jimmy Durante, who, the original singer, he actually would be the, the voice of the narrator in the original. He actually retired in 1972. He had a stroke and retired from professional, from doing that. Uh, yeah, professional life or like public life. And he, yeah. he retreated and so andy griffith actually was brought in to replace him as the narrator oh really um is what's interesting is that is it has nothing to do with christmas at all it avoids the mention of christmas it's just a winter yeah it's, it's story. A, yeah it's more like winter going into spring yeah because in frosty santa claus plays a part yes so it's definitely christmas yeah there's definitely a, a christmas undertone in that right one. there is no christmas in this one they would actually go back to frosty one more time and they would combine rudolph and frosty for rudolph and frosty's Christmas in July in 1979, because Rudolph was always shown in the stop motion, Right, they went to stop motion. The first time you see, and the only time I believe you see uh, Frosty in stop motion, kind of see, it's, it's actually Jackie Vernon, who's the voice of Frosty. He actually, it's his last turn on the mic for Frosty, and it brings back Jack Frost for reasons, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so again, Someone had a reason. I mean, again, this has a Christmas theme to it but it's set on july 4th plot doesn't really matter does it i no. mean it's just it was a thing it, kids like, will watch it yeah it's a, we'll put rudolph and frosty together and they'll love it <laughs> it's holiday special yeah you know, and you know you, you'll watch it and you'll like it <laughs> <laughs> and buy more toys and then you would see a couple other non-rankin and bass specials with frosty and they really don't stack up they don't yeah yeah i mean Really, nothing stacks up to the original. Sure. And they really hit gold with the with the first one, the original Frosty. The story was good, but the cast they put together, I mean, these are great voice actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned Jimmy Durante, mm-hmm. you know, comedian, composer, actor, singer, songwriter. He, he wrote and sang Inka Dinka Doo. He was really into vaudeville, a lot of vaudeville productions, a lot of television credits. Also had a great career on Broadway, uh, was in Showgirl, The New Yorkers, Strike Me Pink, Jumbo, Stars in Your Eyes. And he was famous for saying, everybody wants to get into the act. And ha-cha-cha-cha was him with the big schnoz nose. That was his Mm. nickname, the schnoz, as the narrator. And then Jackie Vernon as Frosty. He was discovered in comedy clubs by Steve Allen. He was Hmm. just a rotund stand-up comedian. Hmm. Uh, He was famous for saying he used to be an atheist, but he gave it up because there were no holidays. (laughs) (laughs) And a couple of cool other 
people in here, like a real small cast, really only five people yeah. worth mentioning in this. A couple of them did extra voices, like the voices of the children mm-hmm. and thing. And there was a teacher, but I don't, I'm not sure who did the teacher voice. I'm assuming it was one of the females that they already had. Um, but Santa Claus was voiced by Paul Fries. Paul Fries was one of the radio reporters in H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. He was the voice of Night Industries 2000, otherwise known as Kit, <laughs> the car from Knight Rider. It's crazy. I never would have known that. Yeah. He, yeah. he performed with David Hasselhoff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How would we tie Frosty the Snowman to David Hasselhoff? And I just did it. The, um, ap- the aptly named Paul Fries. The too, aptly that, named. Yes. He was also, and I know you love this because I know mm-hmm. this is your favorite attraction at Disney World or one of your favorites. He was the ghost host or the the narrator on the Haunted Mansion attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so fun. Welcome, foolish mortals, <laughs> to the Haunted Mansion. Um, that's probably a terrible impersonation, but that's how <laughs> I hear it. He's also the uh, voice on Adventure Through Inner Space, which is now Star Tours mm-hmm. at Disney World and Disneyland. So you can still hear his voice in use today when mm-hmm. you go to Disney. Professor Hinkle, uh, the magician, played by Billy D. Wolf, vaudevillian actor. He performed with some of the greats, you know, Phyllis Diller, Dick Van Dyke, Bob Hope, Debbie Reynolds, and was really good friends with Doris Day. So mm. this is like the golden age yeah. of, of Hollywood, and he's with all these people. And then Karen. So Karen's the little girl who builds the snowman and befriends Frosty. She had an extensive career, began doing voice work at the age of 12. In her 20s, she was doing all the animal voices on Magical World of Disney on television. Mm. In the 50s, her star in animation not only began to rise, but soared when Walt Disney sought her out and hired her to do the voice of Lucifer the Cat in Cinderella. Warner Brothers then hired her away to replace Bay Benaderet from Flintstones, and she also did all the Looney Tunes and Mary Melodies cartoons. Her most famous voice was Granny in the Tweety and Sylvester show. Unfortunately, Mel Blanc's contract called for an exclusive voice credit on those cartoons, so she didn't get any credit for being Granny. But my favorite thing about her, two things that are really cool. My favorite is that... She was the voice of Rocky the Flying Squirrel in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And also Natasha Fatale, you know, the um, the arch nemesis yeah. of Rocky and Bullwinkle. And then she was the voice of the Chatty Cathy doll, which oh, that's iconic. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Chatty Cathy doll's in the Toy Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, it's a big deal. <laughs> so she was the voice of Chatty Cathy doll. And she also became, remember I mentioned she had a very long career, started at the age of 12. In 2008, she became the oldest person to win an Emmy at age 94 for her work on Garfield. So she had an incredibly long career, you know, 82 years of voice acting is incredible. I mean, most actors don't live that long. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And and, and we had the the luck to run across earlier when we we watched the Flintstones. Right. As Betty Rubble. Yeah, Betty Rubble and the the Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's interesting between her and and Paul Fries. So Paul Fries, you mentioned they they covered multiple voices. Paul Fries is also the, the traffic cop. And yep. then he and June Foray both originally provided the voices of the other children, not just Karen, but like so all the background, like, oh, all hey, the other little friend children. Hey. Sure. Yeah. So all the kids kind of talking, like, they they were the voices. Eventually, within a couple of years, they would record actual children, children saying these lines. Sure. But initially, it was June Foray and Paul Freeze yeah. having that little added, <laughs> added right. responsibility. Of so they really did up. this with five voice actors Jackie mm-hmm. Vernon, Billy D. Wolf. 
um, Jimmy Durante, Paul Fries, and June Foray. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a pretty good cast to pull from. Yeah, if you, super if good. Cast. If you're going slight, yeah. yeah. Let's get five super good <laughs> good actors, and we'll spend all our money on just these five people. But it worked. I mean, it's it, absolutely the, the voice acting super cool in this. Yeah, absolutely. So what's what was your impression, kind of coming back and now watching it again as an adult? Obviously, yeah. This is one that we you see every year, so it's not like right. I haven't seen this since I was five years old. But, sure. But what uh, as you watch it, what went through your head? Yeah, I see it every year, and I remember as a kid, and and I mentioned this when we did Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That I remember waiting for this to come on TV as a kid. You, you'd hear about it a week or two in advance, and you plan your the rest of the school year mm-hmm. around it. And you're like, oh my God, it's on tonight. We're going to watch it tonight. <laughs> you know, it'd come on and it was an epic. It was like all, if I remember this being my whole night mm-hmm. is yeah. watching Frosty the Snowman. And then you and I just watched it and it's 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so short. I know. And even with, with commercials, it's like 30. Yeah. You know, so watch, I'm just like how fast the plot moves along now right. for me. But when I was a kid, I mean, she was lost in that forest for hours. <laughs> That's why she was so cold. That's why she was so cold. I mean, you were worried about her because she's been in the forest all night long. You know, and in actuality, 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah maybe a it, little more. Yeah, it's it's not overly long. It's interesting. So the, It's one of those I always look forward to. And I still kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm watching it again. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, I mean, it, it hits different as an adult just because it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's clearly, I'm not the target audience on this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it is definitely still entertaining, and it all starts with these kids. Uh, and which is interesting is we talked about this uh, while we were watching. It, is the the timeline's a little wonky on this one because you have sure. it's, it's Christmas Eve, and they're in school, right? Like the day like it's and it's in the afternoon, and they have this. Magician come in, Professor Hinkle comes in to perform magic. Well, and that's what always happens, you know, towards the end of the semester, the teacher's bringing in somebody. Like, <laughs> the teacher's done, done with it, too. I'm done teaching. <laughs> Let's just field, we can't do a field trip because it's December. I'll bring in somebody to entertain the kids. <laughs> yeah, like, you go do something. I'm going to go sit over here and just, like, watch the clock burn. <laughs> So and so he's a magician comes in and he's a terrible magician. Well, I think they even introduce him as he was the world's worst magician. Yes, yes. the narrator says yes. he's yeah, the world's worst magician. <laughs> and, and yeah, and he does, and he stumbles with his act, and he's terrible. And so it's it's Christmas Eve. The and school ends basically just like mid midday mid performance. Right. Yeah. The, the bell rings, <laughs> and the kids trample him on their way out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and go running out and, and it's Christmas Eve you think oh kids are running home to go get no they go and hang out in the snow and they and they, they play in the snow and build a snowman build a snowman yeah. in clothes that would you you would not deem as winter clothing not dressed for the weather <laughs> not at all well some of them kinda no well, I mean, well, some of they have, have elements. Right. Of One winter. of them had earmuffs and a scarf, but yeah. no gloves. Yes. K- Karen's wearing uh, earmuffs, a scarf, mittens, boots, and a coat, but no pants. <laughs> right. No p- <laughs> Just bare legged. I mean, you didn't have any little girl tights on or something. Just like, how, how do you let her out of the house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then the, the rest of the kids are in, in various you know states of undress for winter. There's you know, winter one weather. girl wearing like a strappy shoe, like a yeah. like a dress shoe. Well, that's yeah, that's the girl. She's wearing a pink jumper yeah. and a white shirt underneath, with the sleeves are rolled up. Right. And she's, yeah, the pink shoes, and she's running, like, not a hint of, of winter clothing on her. None. Yeah. And every single kid, nobody's wearing pants. None of them. They're all wearing, like, maybe, like, knickers or, like, sure. 
um, shorts, but right. yeah, they're all running on. And like, they all have huge feet. Yeah. Giant ski yeah. boot looking feet. <laughs> yeah, like you can see, you can see leg on every single one of them. It's scandalous. Yes. But, it, 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 but no knees. Yeah. <laughs> you can see that kid's ankles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they go out and build the snowman. And, and while they're building it, Professor Hinkle has a meltdown and he th- takes his hat and he throws it in the garbage. Yeah. And Hocus Pocus, his rabbit, who lives in the hat apparently. Sure. Just starts hopping away, and Professor Hinkle then chases after him. He's like, wait, give me back my hat. Yeah. And it's a point of contention. Right. Because <laughs> when does possession of the hat change? Because yes. the rabbit brings the hat over, and the kids take it and put it on the snowman, and yeah. abracadabra, Frosty comes to life and says, happy birthday. Yes. So then Jimmy Durante, the narrator, makes it clear that <laughs> the magician had thrown away the hat. And now the children have the hat, and they've given it to Frosty, which gave Frosty life. I want to be very clear about yes, that. Like, yeah. what he, basically, isn't that what he says? Yeah. We want does. to be clear about that. Yeah, let's, to be clear about this, that the, yeah. uh, Professor uh, Hinkle no longer owned, it was now belonged to the, it belonged to the kids. Right. Otherwise, in reality, you should be rooting for the magician to get his hat back. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't have that. We need you to be rooting for the little kids who took his hat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the rabbit kind of is a he's, he's a mixer. He's a troublemaker. He yeah. goes running away, and the kids just take the hat. Yeah, and they're like, well, you got rid of it. And like, how do you know he got rid of it? All you yeah. know is that the rabbit came the rabbit running brought over, it over. And brought it over to you. He's got a rogue rabbit. He didn't throw away the hat. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, the hat brings Frosty to life. Mister Hinkle sees it. And he's like, wait, wait, no, wait, wait a second. There this is, is a, some magic this in that This is actually hat. a magical hat. I will take that. Thank you. And I will become a millionaire magician. Well, the lyric in the song says, there must have been some magic yeah. in that old silk hat. They found. They didn't find that But they hat. didn't find it. No. <laughs> it was given to them. Yes. And maybe there was a labor dispute. Maybe the <laughs> rabbit was holding out for something. <laughs> well, and I love the fact that they introduce this magician. Mr. Hinkle is the a terrible magician. He's one of the world's, world's worst magicians. Yeah. And he already has possession of this magic hat. And, and it's not done anything for him. No, he's still bad. So now why does he... He wants it again. Like, well... Maybe the fact that if you're a practicing magician, you're bad with a magic hat. Maybe, just maybe, <laughs> you're calling lies along another career path. Yeah. Because magic is not your bad. It's not working for you. No. Yeah. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Should try something else. So I've tried magic and I'm terrible. They put it on a pile of snow and it works. Right. Clearly, this is not for me. The kids know how to use the hat <laughs> on accident. So does, a, so does a snowman. And the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> The snowman figured it out. <laughs> he could even count well, to five. <laughs> he went one, two, three, four, five, nine, six. Yeah. Six, He's yeah. like, well, I could at least count to five. five. <laughs> Which is amazing because he didn't have fingers. No. He didn't have that many fingers. So. No. Well, and then he, he can juggle. And I love that. He's like, I can juggle. And they, they, they see him like, firing off these snowballs. He didn't make them. There's one of those kids... But you know the half dressed snowballs. And the half dressed kid is like there's all these pre made snowballs and he's just chucking, chucking them at him. <laughs> like where did those come from? Yeah. But yeah, so they after their conflict with Mister Hinkle, they take off and they go go marching through town with the snowman. Yep. And Frosty starts getting a little sweaty. The he's afraid that the temperature is going to start rising, even though right. it's getting cold, it's getting later in the day. Yep. But there's and it's too much snowing. red on the thermometer. Yeah. And I think he was just sweating to the oldies. <laughs> I think there was just too much exercise. Size for the fat snowman. They just made him too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> he was perspiring. He wasn't melting. <laughs> so they decide that, of course, in order to save Frosty, they all have to they have to get him up to the North Pole. He will, I think, doesn't Frosty 
recommend that. Like, well, the only place I won't melt is the North Pole, which the South Pole would work too, or Northern Wisconsin. Yeah, well, and this, <laughs> yeah, this time of year, you know, just setting up into Canada is probably okay. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can go farther north. But fine. it's more fun to say the North Pole because yeah. you know Santa's <laughs> going to be involved then if you're going to the North Pole. Yeah, so so they decide to take him to the train station, mm-hmm. right, to get him a ticket on the train to the North Pole because that's mm-hmm. what you do. So they go to the train station and ask for a ticket to the North Pole and the train conductor or the ticket master is really kind of funny. He's hilarious. He's doing all these calculations about how to get this guy to the North Pole. And he comes back to the window asking for $3,000. And the kid's like, we don't have any money. While we were watching it, I looked up the currency time machine Mm -hmm. app. You know, you can find out how much would $3,000 buy in the 1960s as opposed to today. Mm -hmm. And in today's money, that's (laughs) (laughs) $25,000. Like, is he buying the train? (laughs) There's no no train ticket on earth that's $25,000. Stock in the train company. Exactly. (laughs) He bought the whole B&O railroad. You throw in St. James Place, and I'll give you the B&O Railroad for $25,000. Well, and it kind of makes sense when you realize that, you know, of course, we don't know where they're originating, where they're starting. But he even says they're going by, they go through Alberta to Hudson Bay to Nome, Alaska, and then to the North Pole. So it's a very circuitous, basically, like, here's a tour of Canada into Alaska. We're taking you you north of the border all the way across (laughs) to Alaska. You're going to have to go through customs twice. Into Canada and out of Canada. And then somehow eventually from uh, eventually from Alaska, well, the, train the, will, Yukon to the, the train will float yeah. and get you up to the North Pole. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I, I mean, he clearly rigged the ticket so that he's getting his most money he can. And, of course, they can't buy it. So no. they, they instead do what, you know, you would encourage any kid to do is hop a train. Yeah. And without paying for it. <laughs> well, Karen starts climbing into the refrigerator car. Mm-hmm. And Frosty says, you're coming too? Well, yeah, but I'll just need to be home for dinner. <laughs> so it goes My back parents to your, won't mind. Yeah, it goes back to your timeline things. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> this is worse than the Flintstones. Yeah, again, and this is Christmas Eve. She's not thinking, oh, I got to get home. We're, yeah, it's Christmas Santa's Eve. For, yeah, we got dinner plans or we're going to mass or something's going on. It's Christmas Eve. I'm going to hang out with the snowman. As long as I'm home for dinner, it'll be fine. <laughs> In the freezer car. Yeah. <laughs> And the rabbit, yeah. So it's the rabbit and the snowman and Karen heading to the North Pole. And Mr. Hinkle somehow catching up to them and then hanging on to the bottom of the train as it pulls away. Of course, the the, the story point is that Karen's freezing. She's in sure. there. Yeah, this kid with no pants on is sitting right. in a freezer car. <laughs> Cold. And fr- yeah, like just shivering uncontrollably. Nobody's worried about Mr. Hinkle, yeah. who's on the outside of the train, <laughs> clutching on the frozen on metal, the <laughs> being dragged along on the tracks. But at least he's wearing pants. <laughs> that is true. That is, and he even had gloves on. Yeah, he was messing his hat. Yeah. But he had gloves on. He was a terrible magician, but he was dressed for the weather. He was dressed well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they decide to get off the train. because The train stops, and Frosty's worried about Karen being cold because she's sneezing. Well, you wouldn't be sneezing if you weren't cold, right? So that's yeah. his snowman logic. Yeah, I learned something. Yeah. That if, if somebody sneezes, it's because <laughs> they're cold. cold. Yeah. Don't yeah. say God bless you. Give him a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so they get off the train because he's looking for, to get Karen warmed up. Hinkle doesn't know, and he takes off on the train. He's like, you tricked me and they're they start walking through the woods he's like i gotta find someplace warm for karen so, which is cool he's concerned about his friend karen they get into the forest and he's got the rabbit with him he's carrying karen because karen's nearly comatose with hypothermia <laughs> and they come up on these woodland creatures and frosty asks 
Hocus Pocus the rabbit, go talk to the animals and see if they'll build a fire for us because he can't make fire. He can't be near fire. He can't even say the word or request fire, yeah, apparently. apparently. Yes. It's either that or the rabbit speaks animal, which is what I thought. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, the rabbit can speak to animals because he's mm-hmm. an animal too. But he goes over there and he pantomimes mm-hmm. what he wants. I'm like, well, Frosty could have pantomimed that. Yeah. Why did the rabbit need to pantomime's universal language, right? Yeah, he's just going big broad gestures. It kind of looks like he's having a stroke. Yeah. And all that all Frosty has to do is like, hey, can you animals build a fire? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. But yeah, they build a, a massive fire and Karen yeah. hangs out and she's right. all fun. And she's course, good. And everybody leaves her alone because... Yeah. You don't want to be animals anyway. don't want to be warm either. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> well, they're probably worried that Smokey Bear is going to come after them. <laughs> like, you animals started a fire? <laughs> we're still trying to get our Christmas decorations up and yeah. we're trying to build a fire for this <laughs> right. kid who doesn't have pants on in the middle of the north. Yeah, the I felt sorry yeah. for her and we just, we had to do it. <laughs> so yeah, so they're hanging out and eventually Professor Hinkle shows up again. Now, we do see him leave the train. Yeah. As he decides he to jumps. jump for it, yep. Maraxley doesn't break any bones of his body. He clearly got a concussion, though. Obviously. I mean, he went headfirst into a tree. Right. <laughs> and and then they show him, like, knocked out. Right. And, he and, comes to. And, and Jimmy Durant even says, like, well, they had to get going before Professor Hinkle woke up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they left him for dead. Head into the woods. But he does find them, of course, right. because... Well, he's probably following the huge fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is the line in um, Dances with Wolves? Only a white man would make a fire that big for people to see. <laughs> no, only, a, only a big white snowman would make a fire that big for people to see. Well, it's animals. Well, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? What can you, what can yeah. you do? They have no sense of scale. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so so he catches up to him and, and Frosty then scoops up Karen, throws her, throws her on his back, and then he goes belly whopping. Basically up and down hills, off into the horizon. Right. And gets away. And so they just kind of slide to a stop in front of a random greenhouse. A greenhouse growing poinsettias. Yes. Yeah, the tropical Christmas plant. Yes. You know, how how apropos. <laughs> so he carries Karen in there instead of just opening the door and putting her in mm. there. The snowman goes into the greenhouse. And we all know what's going to happen. He's mm-hmm. going to start to melt. But he says, no, it's okay. I've been meaning to shed a few pounds anyways. <laughs> Those, those 12 hours you've been alive, you've really been packing it on. <laughs> but, and they didn't stop to eat. He's just, he became, well, he started a little rotund, well, yeah. honestly. Yeah, so it's it's really the kid's fault. They yeah. Just, they made him a little heavy. And, <laughs> I mean, he's clearly never comfortable in his own skin. Sure. <laughs> he's, he's not at the weight he wants to be. But right. Of course, driving in a uh, a frozen Box car full of maybe you know, put on Christmas cakes. Yeah, probably didn't help either. <laughs> put on some weight on that trip. It's like going on a cruise and expecting to lose weight. Go, I'm going to do a lot of walking. Well, yeah. I guess you could see with a uh, snowman who goes belly whopping. Yeah. He's just sliding on his body through the snow. He's probably actually packing, packing it on. Packing it on. Like sliding through. I- but of course, you know the what you would think would be a huge head start ahead of uh, Professor Hinkle is pretty negligible because they no more than get in there and Hinkle shows up and locks them in. Yeah, slams the door, <laughs> murders the snowman. <laughs> and says, uh, just wait for you to die yeah. and then we'll come and claim the claim like the a, hat off your corpse. He's like a Bond villain. <laughs> but, it's, but he stayed there to watch. Yes. Bond villain would leave. Yeah. <laughs> he stayed there to watch Frosty melt and this little girl just in despair. Yeah, watch this traumatized this little girl this little kid who drops her knees and crying. Yeah, Frosty melts. So he's a puddle. She's crying over the puddle. There's yep. there's a hat sitting there and he's just he could have gone in and got at it. any it time. Said he just sat there and just let her like let her suffer. <laughs> let her wallow in her 
<laughs> Your torment is delicious. <laughs> it feeds me. <laughs> Which he's at that point, he's a good villain. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. They could have really played him up. Then at that point, like before that, maniacally <laughs> and like tenting his fingers. <laughs> he was. Like, I'll give you points for saying tenting his fingers. <laughs> yeah, I think he he was a bumbling fool before that, but at that point, he became the villain. Oh yeah, he, he goes, became. He, he went really bad. Yeah, he, he, he goes was all in. He goes yeah. evil. He's like, yes. I've been chasing you through the forest all night long. I tried. I jumped on the bottom of a train. You know, I'm not going to remember any of this I have in the morning because my, I'm just like concussed like five ways from Sunday. I need that hat. Yeah. <laughs> so his plan gets I don't really even know why anymore. I just need that <laughs> hat. Something tells me. Just for, now it's just for the principle of it. <laughs> Getting beat by a make-believe snowman and a little girl. <laughs> So then Santa arrives. Mm-hmm. By a chance, Santa shows up and saves the day. Opens the door, goes and talks to Karen and explains, well, he's made of Christmas snow. And as soon as the December, cold December air hits him, he'll be back good mm-hmm. as new. So he kicks the door open and Frosty comes to life again. And happy birthday. Yeah. And Frosty's back. But Hinkle still wants his hat. And he's demanding, and he threatens Santa Claus, which you never do. Yeah, Santa's having none of it. You don't threaten Santa Claus. Santa, and Santa's like calm as a cucumber. He's like, mm, no, let me tell you how this is going to go. Says, I, you give that hat to that snowman, or you are never getting another Christmas present. And Hingle's like, no more magic cards, no more magic dice, nothing. Nope, not a thing. And he submits, okay, you can keep the hat. And then he gives him a penance. Santa tells him to go home and write an apology to Frosty the Snowman a hundred zillion times by morning. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and off he goes running into town, which didn't look that far away. I mean, they had been on a yeah, train suddenly. through the forest, and all of a sudden you can see town right over there. Yeah, it's, all, it's all a big circular little yeah. trip here. So then Santa talks to Karen and explains, you know, Frosty can live at the North Pole with me, and he'll come back every year to play. And it's a happy ending, and everybody's happy. It's a cool story. Yeah. It really is. Well, and the best part about all of it is that they all climb into Santa's sleigh. Santa flies Karen back home. They drop her off on the roof, and they take off. Yes. And she's standing on the roof of this two-story house, <laughs> waving as if they'd go off into the distance. A snow-covered <laughs> roof. Thinking, I've got frostbites. Yeah. I can't feel my extremities. How do I get down? I'm hypothermic. <laughs> I've been traumatized, and now I'm stuck on the roof. <laughs> and Santa's like, good luck with that. <laughs> I got packages to deliver. Yeah. And out of and all that. snowman to deal with on Santa, top of it. Santa's traveling light, too, because he's only got four reindeer. Yeah. Not, not eight. And, and there's nothing else in his, in, there's nothing in nothing his sled. Nothing in his sled, yeah. yeah. This is like his casual sled. This is his daily driver. You know, this is. <laughs> it's like a scouting trip before he goes out later in the night. Later that night, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you think of Frosty the Snowman? I know we don't rate our specials, but you know, right. where would you where would you put it in relation to all the other Christmas specials? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those those must sees every year. It's one of those. I mean, you don't you're not going to watch it, yeah. over and over and over, right. but but watching it once a year, it's yeah. it's kind of one of those must sees. I agree. This, yeah. this one's a gamer. I mean, this is one of the top tier Christmas specials yeah. that, that you have to see, and there's a lot of them, you know. But this is the one that. You've got to watch this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really efficient storytelling, and like yeah. like you said, when you're a kid, it feels like wow, this is going on forever. It's but an it, epic. It's, it's it snaps. It goes really quickly through it. Um, I do love the presentation of Santa Claus. A good presentation of Santa Claus is 
kind of surprisingly hard to it's find. Hard. Yeah. I think nails everything about him to heart. And he's yep. just calm and he's like in, in control of the situation. He's yeah. not like, you know, like mean or rude. He's just right. kind of like, all right. And I mean, even with Mr. H- you know, Hinkle, who's, you know, clearly as, as he, a self-proclaimed, still evil, sympathetic a self-proclaimed evil magician <laughs> right. at this point. And he's like, no, no, no hang on. Hang it's on. Like yep. kind of like a was very patient yeah. with him. <laughs> Treated him like a lost child. Yes. So everything about it kind of yeah, hit it's the right way and, and yeah. of course nostalgia wise it's sure you can't you can't go wrong with yeah. it. yeah yeah i loved it and i really enjoyed you know i'm always partial to the voice acting and and this was a great cast mm-hmm. i mean these people were, were really good i mean some of them were well-established actors before this right you know and then what they did after this too mm-hmm. and, i mean it was really cool yeah they nailed it yeah definitely a must-see every christmas yeah and fun, and um, I look forward to seeing it every year. Absolutely. Well, I hear mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.